Have we got any fans of Have I Got News For You here, the TV programme? It's fantastic, isn't it? I love it. I love it. Well, I've got some great news for you this morning. Fancy a bit of great news? Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good. So, like, because, like, we've not had any already, have we? But this is even more great news. Um, So, has anybody ever come to you and said this? Do you want the good news? Clearly, you know where we're going with this. Or do you want the bad news? Who's ever said that to somebody? Do you want the... Oh, quite a lot of people. That's excellent. So, like, just out of interest, just to help me, if somebody did say to you, Do you want the good news or the bad news? Who would opt for the good news? Raise your hands. Okay, all right. Who would opt for the bad news? Raise your hands. Oh, my word. That's significantly more people want bad news. Who would just run away because they don't want any of it, to be honest with you? Okay, okay. Or who would opt for fake news? Because that's the new one, isn't it? Fake news. That's all in at the moment. And uh, my, my friend... And for a long, long time, I'd really dreamed of just getting a particular car. He'd wanted it for like all of his life. He'd had his eyes on it and he saved and he saved and he saved. And eventually he bought himself a top of the range Volvo. That's what he'd always dreamed about. Um, I, I, me, it would be something different. I want a Range Rover Evoque. That's where I'm going. But he wanted a top-of-the-range Volvo. And, uh, so he, he went to this car showroom. He ordered it. And a little bit of bad news came because for anybody who's ever ordered a brand spanking new car, you realise you order it, then you've got to wait a couple of months for him to kind of build it because it's, you know, it's still kind of flat-packed somewhere. Um, so there's a little bit of a downer for him. But eventually he got the phone call from the, uh, from the agents and he went to collect it and he waved goodbye to his old car that was great news and he welcomed in the dawning of a new era in his Volvo he was so excited a few little bits of time passed and um, he'd been really enjoying his Volvo and then now can I just say at this point I'm not making any statements by what I make here This is just how my friend told it. This is just a a factual recounting of what took place. His wife said to him, could I use the Volvo? Well, I don't want anybody taking sides. Uh, You know, you're making judgments here. I'm just relaying the facts. That's all I'm doing I mean, actually, he, against his better judgment, I mean, he said against my better judgment, not, I'm not saying that, you do understand that, and he, he let her have the car, and, and off she went, and I guess a couple of hours or so had passed, and he, he could see on his phone a, 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 somebody ringing him, he looked, at it was his wife, he answered the phone, hello, darling, and she said, do you want the good news, or the bad news? He said, I'll have the good news. She said, the airbags work. (laughs) See, I'm not sure that's really good news, is it? That's relative good news, right? But it's not good news, it's relative good news. Would you agree with me? It seems that in our world there's very little good news. 
And like when you do get good news, it's relative good news. Because like the world and the media, they're banging out loads of bad news. Or as we mentioned just a few moments ago, now we've got to spend half of our time when we read news on social media, working out whether it's genuine news or whether it's fake news. But don't you know what it feels like? You know like in a, in a season of bad news, when you get a little bit of good news There was a moment on TV this week where, like, almost within, like, frames, frames of the news recording that there'd been this bad news, which just kind of demonstrated, like, the worst of humanity. And then within a few frames more, it demonstrated the best of humanity. And we live in a world that just increasingly seems to be full of bad news. But I want to tell you about some good news this morning. It's not relatively good news. It's absolutely smashing it out of the park good news. It's good news that was, could only be brought by a person. But he carried this good news so intently that he travelled an untravelable distance. He left heaven and he came up on planet earth to tell us this amazing good news. A good news that 2,000 years later on is still radically transforming people's lives. It's still taking people from all walks of life, from all backgrounds, from all cultures, from all nationalities, from all places in the earth, from all social standings. This good news is still radically changing life. Why? Because it's a good news for the poor. It's a good news for the rich. It's a good news for the famous. It's a good news for the unknown. It's a good news for the secure. It's a good news for the insecure. It's a good news for those who are doing really well. Thank you very much. And it's a good news for those who aren't doing so well. It's a good news that a man called Jesus carried from heaven to earth. And it's a good news that today, if you allow it, will radically transform your life. That, my friends, is good news. That's good news. I want us just to turn to a few little sentences from the Bible just to help us to think in the limited time we have available this morning. But we're just going to turn to what is still the world's best-selling book because it carries this great news. For those of you who are familiar, turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to to 20. I'm going to read straight away if that's all right. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent. That means to turn around 180. Not living life your way, living life God's way. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen come follow me Jesus said and I will send you out to fish for people at once they left their nets at once it was such good news at once they left their nets and followed him when he had gone a little farther he saw James son of Zebedee and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets without delay he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him It was such good news that there was an immediate reaction. 
There was an immediate response from the people as Jesus began to say, follow me. This one who brought this good news, this untravelable distance to an untravelable place was Jesus Christ. And he was saying, look, this is the good news. Follow me. Follow me. Now, to help us to understand just how radical and how incredible this good news is, I do have to tell you about a little bit of bad news. But I'm not going to major on the bad news, but I need to tell you about the bad news so that the good news makes more sense. I read this, what I think is a true story. I want it to be a true story. I hope it's a true story, but I'm not bothered if it's not. Because it's a true story, I'm telling you, okay? About a large aeroplane whose loudspeaker clicked on and the captain's voice announced in a clear voice, now there's no cause for alarm or panic. I am not going to lie to you. If I was on a plane and I heard the captain's voice say, now there is no cause for alarm or panic, I would be alarmed. And at very, 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 very least, there would be a mild panic ensuing. Anybody else with me on that one? Yeah? It's not what you want to hear, is it? Like, I don't like flying. I'm not scared of it. I just want to say I'm not scared. just don't like it. It's like when I'm up there in the aeroplane and I'm looking down, I think it's safer down there. But right now, I'm not keen to get down there really quick. Now I want to stay up here. And I'm all bust up and don't really know what to do myself. I feel on edgy when it comes to aeroplanes. I get really nervous. It doesn't help by the fact that when I approach Birmingham International Airport, it says terminal. (laughs) It's not helped by the fact that when I manage to still my heart racing fast and my pulse and my thumping heart once I've seen that and I get through, do all the security stuff which is now nice and quick because I've checked in advance, which is a lovely little facility. Save yourself some time, wholeheartedly recommend it. And I get through that place and then it looks, I look up there and it says, final departures. This doesn't help. (laughs) So I'm already on edge. So if I'm already on edge and I'm up there and they say there's no cause for alarm, you can understand while a mild panic ensues. But this voice of reassurance, the captain said these words, I felt that you as the passenger ought to know that for the last three hours we've been flying without the benefit of radio, compass, radar or navigational beam. This is due to a breakdown of certain key components. This means that in the broad sense of the word, we are lost. I'm not quite sure in which direction we are flying. However, the good news, on the brighter side of things, you'll be glad to know we're making excellent time. I'm not sure that's good news at all, do you? We're making extra, I mean, how can you clarify, quantify if you're making extra time if you don't know where you are or where you're going? I mean, that's putting a spin on it, isn't it? Excuse me. Do you know what I've discovered? I meet lots of people in my uh, job, for want of a phrase. I have the tremendous privilege of traveling around the UK and meeting all kinds of different people. And I've discovered this about being lost, that you can be lost and happy, lost and unhappy, or lost and not even know it. You can, honestly, you can. And that's true in real terms, in physical terms, but no, actually it's true in spiritual terms as well. 
It really, really is. You see, without God, every one of us is lost. You may be happy without God, but you're lost and happy. You may be unhappy. That's because you're lost and unhappy. Or you may be lost and don't even know it, but you know what? You're still lost. Becoming a Christian is about understanding that there is a God in heaven that wants to find you and wants to help you find who you are. Find out what your purpose is in life. Find out what you're meant to be doing on this planet. And becoming a Christian is about hooking into and connecting into that. But we are separated from God and his purpose for our lives because we have lived life our own way and we have got ourselves lost. There's a great little sentence in the Bible. I'll read it to you and then I'll explain it a little bit for you. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. Now, I understand a little bit about sheep. Not a lot. I used to be a butcher, so I understand various cuts, as it were, to do with sheep. Um, But I did a bit of digging around, and uh, I discovered that sheep are basically thick. They're completely thick. This is what happens with sheep. I'm going to act it out for you this morning. It's a little creative piece now for you, okay? And uh, so I'm a sheep, okay, and I'm eating some grass over here, right? And I've got my mates who were also sheep and we're having a little chit-chat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to demonstrate that for you this morning because one of my skills, you may not know this, is I speak sheep. Okay, it's a very rare language amongst human beings, but I speak it. So they're here like this, Okay. I thought that was a phone call in there. I was say, what's these sheep doing with a phone? Okay. So here we go. Meh. Don't laugh. It took, it took me years to study this stuff. Meh. 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 Translated for you who don't speak sheep, all right, is have you noticed that that grass looks greener over there? Okay. And the other one went, Yes. Okay, that's the shorter. Me. Okay. So then the conversation goes on. Me. 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 What that means is, shall we go over there and eat it? So the sheep goes over here with its other sheep. And they get to here and they've, uh, they're eating. Just out of the corner of the eye, they get slightly distracted. They glance upon a fresh piece of grass that looks greener. It's where the phrase comes from. Grass is greener. So the sheep going, meh, meh. And then they go up there. Now, I'm going to cut it short at that point. You may be pleased to know, right? Just for the sake of time. But what eventually happens is they, they move from one place. They, they, they get their fill and they're eating. Then they get a little bit bored and it looks, looks better somewhere else. So they go over the somewhere else. And that's really great. That's really satisfying for, for a little while. You know, it's like, it's great. It's like, oh, we're happy as sheep 
on planet earth and then all of a sudden like they'll glance upon they'll just find somewhere else and so it goes on and before sheep know where they are they can be completely lost and it started because of dissatisfaction with where they were at and things only seem to temporarily give them their fill temporarily temporarily we're okay and then after that they get bored and they want to move on and find another place and it's so bad that sheep can actually eat themselves to death because they end up putting themselves in dangerous positions and dangerous places because they're so grabbed by what's over there rather than being satisfied by what's over here. Jesus said, we, we, all, like sheep, have gone astray. Just not, never satisfied. It's because we're lost. <laughs> we're never going to be satisfied spiritually because we're lost. The Bible refers to this state of being lost, of living life our own way, of doing our own thing. It's got a simple little word which we use often in church, and it's simply the word sin. You may have heard one or two people mention it in their story before they were baptized about how they turned away from that. You may have seen it in some songs and heard it in some prayers or some Bible readings. It would be a, a word that would be familiar in church parlance. It basically means that we're living life without God and as a result of that we're doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. We aren't doing the stuff that we should be doing. We aren't doing the stuff that God wants to do and sometimes we end up doing stuff that we even don't want to do. And it's because we're lost. And the Bible uses this strong image. That's the bad news. We are completely hopeless and lost. Good news? Apart from Jesus. That's the good news. I read this uh, story and uh, it, uh, it made, a, made a smile on my face. This is a true story. Passengers on the 1910th service from Cardiff to Birmingham could hardly believe their ears when they were told that their train already 40 minutes late, was stopping seven miles short of Birmingham because the driver, I quote, had lost his way. <laughs> no, I'm not being funny. How do you lose your way on a train? <laughs> I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, it's like, I mean what, what goes through your brain? Oh, I don't recognise this. This wasn't here this morning. I mean, what, what, what goes through your brain? How do you, how do you get lost on a train? Am I, am, I, am I missing something? Could you email in with an explanation for? No, don't. I don't really want to know. Okay. It's like how. It's like look. Here's how trains work. You've a track. You've another track. That track is pretty well the same distance apart as the wheels on the train that is on the track. If the train just rolled without any human intervention, it would make its way to where it meant to be, maybe with a few little points and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, how do you get lost? I mean, how, how is it so easy to get lost when it's so obvious as to where you should go. How, how, how on earth is that possible? And yet we've managed it perfectly well in this world. God has, God has given us some tracks. It's called the Bible. It's given us some tracks. We were designed 
to run our life on those things that the Bible talks about. If we do those things, we don't get lost. Therein lies the problem. Until you become a Christian, you're not doing those things that God wants you to do. And so, of course, your life is always going to be lost. And yet the Bible tells me, speaking of Jesus, the Son of Man, that's a reference to Jesus. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. I once was lost, and now I'm found. It's what these people have been saying. I was lost, I was on my own track, I was doing my own thing. I wasn't following God's way. And then I got found. <laughs> Amazing grace. You remember that song? Beautiful song. Never loses its power. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Folks, I'm almost at the end of my talk this afternoon. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get found by Jesus. The bad news is without him, you are lost. The good news is this morning, you are within one heartfelt prayer of being discovered, of even discovering who you are. Why? The Son of Man came to seek. The whole reason Jesus came to planet Earth, he says it here, he was totally and utterly intentional. The whole reason he came down here is to find us. Because we were lost. That story that I told a few moments ago, they had to bring a substitute driver to finish the last seven miles. Do you know what? It wouldn't be stretching it to say that you need Jesus to come on board the train of your life. We're not doing a great job. We're lost without him. Why don't you let him in this morning to be the substitute driver He's already been a substitute for you. 2,000 years ago, when he rocked up on a planet Earth and he lived a life that gave us an idea as to what God was like. He transformed people. He changed people. He forgave people. He gave people hope. He gave people purpose. People who had been written off by people Jesus gave purpose to. And some of these types of people back in there, it's the same transforming power of Jesus. What he did then, he is doing now and wants to do it in your life. But you've got to let him be the substitute. You've got to go, take me off. Come and drive the train of my life. Because when Jesus took the punishment for your wrong and my wrong, he became the most powerful substitute ever. I'm massively into sport. And often, I'm massively into England rugby at the moment. And the gaffer of England rugby's got this thing called finishers. Where it's when you want to change the game, you get the finishers on. They're the new substitutes. And sometimes you've got to look at what's happening and you go, this isn't working. We're going to pull a substitute on who's going to take us in a different direction, the direction we want to be. It's a wise person who goes, you know what? This isn't working. I'm lost. Even if you're happy, you could be lost. Unhappy, lost. Not even know it, but you're lost. Why don't you throw your arms and your heart wide open to God this morning? Because you know what? There's only good news with God. There's only good news with God. Let's pray.
worship team are just going to come and play for us uh, in the background. Just as they're doing that, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you're here this morning and you've never said yes to God, you've never received his forgiveness, you've never embraced his good news into your life, you've never experienced his life-transforming power, then where you are right now, God is calling you, saying, place your life in my hands, whether you can feel him, hear him, or not. He's calling you right now in this moment. And all God wants from you is a heartfelt yes. A heartfelt yes to God, not out loud, just in the stillness and quietness of your own heart and mind. A heartfelt yes to God simply means you're saying, yeah, God, I don't want to live life without you anymore. I want to leave it with you your way. Heartfelt yes is just simply embracing and receiving his forgiveness. Even though you might not understand everything, you just receiving his forgiveness and a heartfelt yes to God is doing a 180 with his help and with his power turning your life and going in a different direction I want to invite you this morning right now if you've never said yes to God where you are just in the stillness and quietness of your own heart say yes to God say yes to God like the five people who have been baptised the one this morning before this service like hundreds and thousands and millions of people across the world, like hundreds and thousands and millions and millions upon millions of people who down through the centuries, down through the years, have said yes to God. This is not just you making a decision. That seems a bit weird and bizarre. This is a decision that has been made by so many people and they've experienced the life-transforming power. So if you're here this morning, you've never ever said yes to God right where you are now, I want to really challenge you. Say yes. I want to say yes to him right now, right where you are. Using those words that only you and God can hear. Yes, God. Yes, God. Just say those words right now. Yes, God. Yes, God. Maybe that you're here this morning and you're saying to me, Mark, I'm not really ready uh, to say yes to God this morning. Well, I wonder whether I might invite you to make an intentional decision to find out more. You've been impacted, you've listened, you've heard these stories and it's caused you to think. Why don't you right where you are this morning make what I call a little yes decision? It's a decision to intentionally find out more about the Christian faith and the change and the, the difference he can make. Why don't you, just in your heart of hearts, whether it's to God or yourself, if you're not ready to say big yes, say a little yes to him. A little yes. And then finally, it might be that you're here and you're saying to me, Mark, I'm not really in that place where I can say a big yes or a little yes. I, I wonder whether I might ask you a question that you might answer internally. Are you open-minded? Are you open-minded? Well, if you are, maybe you might become what I call a healthy maybe which is somebody who says, maybe there's something in this. Maybe to see those radical changes and those radical stories, maybe there's something in this. And a healthy maybe is a commitment to remain open-minded. And maybe just, even over this Christmas season, you might investigate a little bit. If that's you, why don't you in your own heart say, I'm going to become a healthy maybe? Afford yourself the luxury of becoming a healthy maybe. 
And Lord, if that's true for anybody, big yes, look yes, or healthy maybe, then just become real to them. So just whilst every eye is closed, you've heard some incredible stories, you've heard the, the basic message of Christianity expressed, you've seen the worship. If you're here this morning and you've said either a big yes, a little yes, or a healthy maybe, very simply, could you just raise your hand so that I can see in the auditorium? Just do that now. Just going to take a few moments to, to glance around. Is there anybody? Just going to wait a few moments. Put it up high for me, just so that I can see. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, let me pray. Lord, for all of us, wherever we are in this journey of faith, help us to be grabbed again by the good news of the message of Christianity. And Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Help us to take this good news out, Lord. Thank you for being reminded of just the fact that you're alive and well and, and changing people's lives demonstrated this morning by this, these baptismal candidates. Thank you, Lord, for it. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just before I stand down to my left, I've got a little box with some booklets in. Uh, for those of you who raised your hand, there were one or two this morning. Just come and get one from me. Uh, it's a booklet I've written with some stories from people. Please come and get one from me. I'll wait to the left here just for a little while. It might be that you're here and you felt, actually, I'm going to recommit my life to God this morning. Then let me encourage you to to come down so that we can help you some more. And we've got a few other bits and pieces that the church have produced to help you along in that journey. God bless. Thank you so much, Mark.